everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. Uh, hey, we just had a caller call in who said that Carver County referendum for $112 million. Oh, they lied. It's really $220 because that's what they do. They distort the truth. They confuse you. They don't tell you the whole entire truth. And nobody realizes how destructive and damaging it's going to be to young families, to seniors, to working class people. Uh, we're looking for some details on that. We'll we'll give you an update as soon as we find that. That's kind of the problem. So when um, when somebody calls in, or if, even if you text me or whatever, you know, we try to get the best information out that we can. But sometimes we don't have the whole entire story. So watch my Facebook page. I'll post it up there too. Okay, Stan, Stan, you ready for this? Yep, ready? Yep, yep. Now you remember back in the day when they Mark Dayton raised the cigarette taxes really high, and we yep. said, man. We have got a great idea. We're going to go buy cigarettes in other states. Yeah, we're going to transport them across yeah, state lines. We are going to make so much money. You well, kind of dropped the ball on that. We, I was we all did. ready to go. It's a good thing we're kind of lazy <laughs> that we never got around to doing it. And really, truly, we don't break the law. So, and I kind of knew it was. Well, speak for yourself. Yeah. Well, there's that. So a couple weeks ago, there was a story. Uh, uh, NPR did a story. And they talked about how the state authorities are intent on recovering thousands of dollars in lost tobacco taxes, and they've set their sights on Interstate 94, just west of the Minnesota-Wisconsin border. Okay, I don't know why they picked that border. Wouldn't you go to North Dakota? Or well, is I don't there know. just less people? There's probably more people in the in the metro here. Okay. Officials say that smugglers have been bringing tobacco products by the truckload from Indiana, where the tax is one-fourth what Minnesota charges. They sell the products here to wholesalers and retailers and on the black market. And guess what? No tax is ever collected. But the Minnesota Department of Revenue has ramped up efforts, efforts to go after them. So far, there have been five major busts that have occurred near the same. St. Croix Way Station on Interstate 94 in Lakeland since 2016. Tobacco is real cheap in Indiana. You get on I-90 and then you go to Madison. You take 94 up to the cities. It's a cigarette pipeline. In 2018, Minnesota collected... Listen to these numbers, people. In 2018, Minnesota collected 501 million seven hundred and fourteen thousand dollars in taxes on cigarettes and another hundred and three point three million in taxes on other tobacco products wait a second i thought they raised those taxes because they wanted people to stop smoking <clears throat> yeah 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 so then the this npr article goes on and it talks about how on june 2nd 2016 a state trooper spotted a yellow penske rental truck speed past the open way station on I-94. The driver, Mohammed Abdul Majid, 31, of Bridgeview, Illinois, wasn't wearing a seatbelt. Ayman Ergalu, 32, of Bridge, also of Bridgeview, was sitting in the passenger seat. They said when they got pulled over, they said they were headed to Hudson, Wisconsin, but missed the exit. How do you miss Hudson? I mean, how, really, how do you miss Hudson? Um, they claimed that they had started out in Beloit, Wisconsin. I don't even know where that is. Uh, and had been following directions on his cell phone, but, but got turned around. The trooper grew suspicious after Majid couldn't produce documents required for driving a 
a commercial truck. When they opened the rear door of the Penske truck, the investigators found it was completely loaded with $78,000 worth of tobacco products. They had brought it into Minnesota, where the wholesale tobacco tax is 95%. If they would have bought it in Minnesota, they would have paid $74,000 in taxes. But because they bought it in Indiana, where it's 24% wholesale tax, they paid just $18,000. Minnesota state law says you can't bring in more than $1,400 worth of tobacco into Minnesota without paying taxes. How do you think they arrived at that one uh, $1,400? I have no idea. There must be some type of mathematical... That seems awfully that. arbitrary, doesn't yeah. it? I don't. I, in the, during the discussion, well, we'll just of keep it, it to thirteen hundred, and we'll keep it safe. Yeah, exactly. Or fourteen or thirteen nine nine, and then we'll and then we'll be good. Okay, so then they go on and they interview. Um, they the NPR interviews the Department of Revenue and the state state patrol troopers, and they say, you know how we spot these guys? It's not because they're driving a big panel truck. It's not because they aren't following the laws. It isn't because they're Muslim. It's because they're really bad drivers. And the the, the highway patrol actually said that. And they they talk about... um, they talk about what they, the type of questions the Department of Revenue taught the State Patrol, the type of questions they should ask when they pull over a vehicle and they discover that there's more tobacco in the vehicle. Among the questions the troopers have been trained to ask, is there an invoice for this tobacco that shows the taxes are paid? Do you have a distributor's license? If they have reason to believe it's untaxed, then they turn them over to the Department of Revenue uh, the Department of Revenue uh, for prosecution. They have um, the State Patrol office says they it's the office is full of boxes containing tobacco smuggling case files and some of the traffic stops have been almost comical they tend to be bad drivers one guy was sleep deprived he was making a run down and back another guy ran out of gas another guy the trooper pulled up he thought he was going to do a motorist assist and it turned out to be a major tobacco smuggling case and then they go on to talk about all the rest of these I mean it's just one after another after another of of all of these people that they go after. It's just, um, and that was, I'm sorry, that wasn't an NPR story. It was a Pioneer Press And what I don't story. understand as well is, is we go so hard on these uh, horrible tobacco smugglers, yet immigration, well, let's just turn a blind eye. Let's not worry about that. Let's, yeah, let's not worry about that. I mean, that, that's the, I know it's crazy. It's, yeah, it's just crazy. Uh, the other push that we're starting to see a huge push from is, uh, vaping. And I, I think I've, Stan's tried vaping a couple times. I've never tried vaping. Um, but there are, if you take a look at, um, some of the statistics that have come out of the CDC, there have been 26 deaths and 1,299 lung injuries as of last week that have been associated with e-cigarettes. The hysteria is unbelievable. And you have community after community and state after state who are now coming out and they're banning, um, they're, they're banning, 
uh, vaping. They're banning flavors. They're banning the sale uh, of, of these things. Not one single legitimate nicotine vaping product has been identified by the CDC as causing anything. Um, but you know what? Science doesn't matter. Science doesn't matter when people are in a panic over this. And it's just, it's just absolutely astonishing. The CDC has tried really hard to clarify their stance on these illnesses. They've tried really hard to admit that it's bootleg THC products to blame. This is the problem that we have, folks, when we start talking about the do something now legislation. We got to do something now. And when you look at there have been 26 deaths. You're, this is, this is 30 million people who use uh, vaping products and now you've got Cambria. Cambria is coming in once it's going into where did I see it going into Minnetonka school district I think they're they're coming in and they're the sun country he's the sun country guy and then they're trying to get it to go into other uh, into other school districts and the answer is no. They're they're t- telling you about he- how people lied about vaping, and this is just a horrible disservice to people. It's a muddled message, and it ignores the difference between nicotine products and THC. Um, it ignores the difference between legal and illegal black market products. And you know what? When you start banning things statewide or in your city or wherever, it forces everything over to the black market. And if you think it's this is going to stop that, you're a hundred percent wrong and i and by no means do i need to am, am i meaning to imply that just because something is legal means it's safe i'm not trying to imply that either but we're adults and we can make up our our own decisions on this the one that probably drives me the most crazy is the eliminating um flavored nicotine e pods or whatever they call them um not not one single case not one single case of lung disease has happened because somebody was using a flavored pod or a flavored e-liquid. It's almost always THC. And these, you know, I saw I saw the lies that they told as they tried to scare people about smoking and about sec- especially about secondhand smoke. And they made you think secondhand smoke was like mustard gas. And you, you know, we're a free society, people. We're a free society, adults, free to make choices. So you got 30 million people using uh, um, a vaping tool or whatever you call it. Um, And now all of a sudden you've got cities and states and communities who are looking at banning the whole entire thing. No, no. 30 million people are using them responsibly. And a whole bunch of people on the black market are using them without getting sick. I got news for you. There's a lot of black market vaping going on out there. And I'm pretty disgusted with Juul. They said now they're only going to sell tobacco, mint, and menthol pods until the FDA approves other things. And the bottom line, folks, is we're a free society. We got to be able to, we got to be able to be free to make our own choices. We can't respond to these scare tactics like this. We have to wait for the science. We have to use some common, some common sense. Of course, this past week, the Minnesota Department of Health confirmed two more Minnesotans have died from severe lung injuries associated with vaping. And, and, and they were old people with a history of older people with a history of, uh, of, uh, health complications. So, um, don't, 
don't don't let yourself be scared into this. And and you know what? You say, I don't smoke and I don't vape. I don't want to get into this battle. You have to get into this battle because who knows what's going to be in the next battle. You have to. You just have to. So this will be, oh, and by the way, they're just going over to the black market. And you know what? Then we're going to have more dead people, even more dead people. All right. Let's take a let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to tell you a little bit about what's going on in Minnesota. I'm pretty irritated with Governor Waltz. I'm pretty irritated with Governor Waltz. And I want to talk a little bit about the 2019 Minnesota Student Survey uh the 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 state just released uh some of the numbers on there these questions are crazy and and we talk about a lot of things that are happening in schools and shame on me because i'm meant to have before school started i meant to have a charter school person on a person um who runs a charter school to tell you about the advantages of a charter school i meant to have someone talk about um uh what what vaccines are legally required and how can you opt out of having Having vaccines, if you so choose, for your children uh, who are going to public school, and I'm um, I wanted to talk about this survey. I wanted to talk about other things that are going on in the in the school district and. And I should have done it before school started. So now we're just going to start plugging away, and we'll keep working on it. Um, <clears throat> all I know, and thank of thankful i don't have children in public school anymore my children did go to public school and i always told them if i don't like what's happening in the Moundsview school district you will be at uh you will be at hill murray faster than you can say hill murray and i said i'd just send you to a private school a charter school some other school um but i'll tell you i kept an eye i kept an eye on what was going on in our school district and i fought with them about everything from the math programs to after school study hall to I was the well when my kids were in elementary school yeah I was the co-president of the Pike Lake PTA but I didn't want to do it by myself so I did it with this other lady and I was the mean one and she was the nice one it was hilarious we were a great team though man we ran that school yeah we did all right anyways lots to talk about when we come back Sue Jeffers Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 com. everyone thank you so much for tuning in i forgot to tell you the craziest thing about the city of st paul they're passing their t21 there you got to be 21 years and older to buy cigarettes so if a convenience store a gas station a supermarket uh whoever sells a pack of cigarettes uh, to a person under 21 years old, the person who buys them doesn't get in any trouble at all. They just get to go away. <laughs> but if a per- the person selling it to them, the business starts out with a $200 fine, and of course it compounds up and up and up until they're multiple ones, and then they take away their license. This is just crazy. We don't want you to do it, but oh, if you break the law, we're not going to punish you. We're gonna we're gonna go where the deep pockets are. We're gonna go where the money's up, where the money is. We're going after the businesses so yeah just crazy absolutely crazy uh this past week we i am very irritated very irritated with governor waltz he has now announced uh the first ever governor's statewide bonding tour and yeah there he's gonna go around the whole entire state 
asking communities uh, what they want the state to fork over money for. And needless to say, when the when the state's forking over money, everybody's got their hand out for something. You know what it is? All it is is a photo op. It is a photo op and nothing more than that. And it, it just it just makes me sick. The legislators are doing it. And now the governor realized, oh, this is a great photo opportunity for me. I better get out there. And so there he is out there talking about all the needs in the community over $5 billion. And they're going to max out our state credit card. Our kids and grandkids are going to be picking up the tab for this outrageous, out-of-control spending. They said, well, we didn't have a bonding bill last year, which, yeah, you did. Uh, there was plenty of bonding last year. They just didn't call it a bonding bill. And they're already talking a billion dollars, two billion dollars, three billion dollars. And then they come back and they justify it with, well, there are five billion dollars worth of requests. Of course there are. If the state's handing out free money, what community isn't going to line up to get free money? Let's hope there's someone with a little bit of fiscal responsibility over there. Let's hope there's some adults in the room who are going to say, no, we're sitting, the state of Minnesota is sitting on billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars from overtaxed Minnesotans. There is no way we should be maxing out that credit card either. You either pay cash for this stuff uh, but the 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 very it's just horrendous to think that you're going to leave our kids with that kind of a bill to pick up pick up the tab for and at the same time you had mindoc commissioner margaret kelleher who's been out there to, um talking to all the communities pitching a proposed 12 to 15 cent per gallon gas tax hikes um all around the state and the answer to that is no hell no no Absolutely not. It is so ridiculous. Again, the state is sitting on billions of dollars. And it's just, you know, they come back and they just say, oh, it's just a few cents per gallon. That's out of our pockets, people. That's out of our pockets. The burden that they are putting on not only poor people, but on middle class people, on young families, on seniors, the on businesses, on every single aspect of our society here in Minnesota. It's just wrong. It is just wrong. And they're so greedy. I just can't 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 hardly can't hardly stand it it makes me it makes me so mad so anyway we had um last week was it last week i think it was last week um alan page and the federal reserve bank of minneapolis president neil Kashkari, I don't, sorry about that. I probably massacred it. Um, they wrote an op-ed in the Star Tribune and the op-ed said the Federal Reserve Bank of Minneapolis released a comprehensive report on the performance of Minnesota K through 12 schools in preparing our children for their futures. On average, Minnesota schools performed well compared to other states. Unfortunately, those averages mask some of the worst educational disparities in the nation. Those averages mask some of the worst educational disparities in the nation. If you are a low-income white Minnesotan or a Minnesotan of color, whether your children attend a traditional or a charter school, chances are they are not getting the education they deserve. These disparities are deeply unfair to those who've been left behind. We all have a stake in closing these educational gaps. They affect rural and urban school districts equally. Minnesota will not remain economically strong without a well 
educated workforce. They went on to say everyone deserves a fair chance to build a better life. Education should be the great equalizer. So they are working together to develop a fundamentally approach to closing Minnesota's achievement gap that will empower families and ensure that each child is getting a quality education regardless of where they live, family income, or the color of their skin. This is about justice and the economic vibrancy of Minnesota. Damn right. It's about time someone woke up and said that about time someone woke up and actually printed an op-ed in the paper and this is the federal reserve bank of minnesota i mean that's pretty shocking i want you to remember for white students 66.6 percent met the reading proficiency standards do you remember what the what the proficiency standards were for black students 34 percent do you remember what the proficiency standards for reading of hispanic students was 38%. That is appalling, people. It is absolutely appalling. In math, it's even worse. Approximately 63% of the white students met state standards. Guess how many black students met state standards? 26%. Um, Hispanics? 31%. Year after year after year, our kids are trapped in failing schools, and all we hear about is they're working hard to to reduce the achievement gap. Yeah, well, guess what? Eight years of Mark Dayton, they went down. They went down. You're right. Every child in Minnesota deserves a world-class education. Well, you know what? You're not getting it in Minnesota, especially if you're in Minneapolis and St. Paul, especially if you're a a poor Minnesotan or a child of color. It's crazy, people. It's just absolutely crazy. Um, Oh, I wanted to get, I I forgot to tell you one other thing I was irritated at Waltz with. He's out there, uh, press conference, another press conference, and then the, the, every station, every newspaper covers it. He's just putting his foot down. He says, we have got to have an insulin for all bill. Um, and it, we have to do something about diabetics. He called for immediate action on insulin and slammed, uh, he slammed the Republicans and said, which is a lie, that the Republicans refused to meet, um, shame on you, Governor Waltz. Shame on you. And the really, uh, the really weird part, uh, the really weird part about that is, um, they have met. And I don't, I don't remember why that wasn't included in, included in their secret behind closed doors special end of the session special and special session, um, secret meetings that they had. But, um, both sides were working very hard on this. Both sides had really stupid ideas. Both sides agreed that they needed an emergency insulin safety net. Uh, both sides agreed that they needed long-term affordable options. And both sides agreed that Big Pharma pays for it. How many times do I have to tell you Big Pharma doesn't pay for it? They increase the cost of something else and pass it on to us. And it just makes me furious. So uh, Waltz claimed victory yesterday. Uh, so did Representative Mike Howard from Richfield Bloomington. And, and you know what they agreed to? Typical politician. You know what they agreed to? They're going to form a working group and they're going to keep talking. Yeah, it just it just makes me absolutely crazy. Absolutely. You know what? It's just another example of wanting to get uh, wanting to get. Uh, it's a photo op and he can stand up there and stomp his feet and say Republicans are bad. And yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. You know, uh, we're going to take a quick break when we come back.
I think I want to jump into the Minnesota student survey. Uh, this is just, this is a really crazy thing. But you remember I promised you we were going to talk about cow farts too? Yeah, we're going to talk about cow farts too. Uh, and yeah, we got, I'm, I'm, Poor time management for a two-hour radio show. Stan's laughing. He knows that always happens. I'm trying to cram in so much because we're not going to be on air for two weeks, you know? I'm trying to get all of this stuff in there. Well, keep an eye on my Facebook page. I'll keep putting stuff up there, too. And, boy, you can be sure when we come back in two weeks, we're going to be loaded for bear. Uh, Stay tuned, everyone. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. You know, another big story that came out this past week was about Target. And, um, you know, I just think how many times I yelled about this, how many times we tried to warn people, how many politicians I talked to about it, how many, how many, you know, it's like beating your head against a wall. Two years ago, Target said it would raise its minimum wage to $15 an hour by the end of 2020. The move won praise from labor advocates and put pressure on all other companies to also move to $15 an hour. Now it comes out that store workers say the wage increase is not helping them because their hours are falling, making it difficult for them to keep their health insurance and in some cases pay their bills. I told you so. I told you so. Workers and small businesses wear the brunt, wear, will be the, will bear the brunt of these destructive policies. I don't know how many times that I have to tell you this. And I forget where I was reading this, but it said, um, um, Everybody wants to raise the Democrats, want to raise the minimum wage. Everyone wants a livable livable wage. Well, then the Democrats can't figure out why milk costs $15 a gallon. And they'll be screaming, we have to raise the minimum wage again because people can't can't afford milk. And it's, I mean, it's just so true. They don't understand the ripple effect. They don't, they don't care about the ripple effect. You can tell them what's going to happen. You can warn them. And I just feel so sorry for the small businesses that have to bear the brunt of these. And when I tell you, St. Paul, throw your city council out on November 5th, you know, they passed a $15 an hour minimum wage. Same with Minneapolis, same with a lot of the others. And now they're looking at the airport, raising that one to $15 an hour. You can be sure $15 an hour will be back as a statewide policy um, here when the legislature comes back in session in November. It's insanity. It's just insanity. Uh, speaking of more insanity, uh, the Met Council. The Met Council came out and they introduced new hazardous waste regulations on top of the OSHA regulations for dental offices. That's new, by the way. That's new. No other state has that. No other state has that. And then at the same time, I told you we were going to talk about cow farts. Um, it, this this is just absolutely crazy. And maybe Jeremy Munson can talk about it in a couple weeks when he comes on. But this past week, the Minnesota Court of Op- Appeals ordered the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency. Are you ready? To take animal methane emissions into account when reconsidering a previously approved permit for a planned expansion of a dairy farm in Winona County, requiring the MPCA to consider greenhouse gas emissions for farm extan- expansions constitutes an unprecedented expansion of farm regulations. That's crazy, people. Your judges are crazy. The Minnesota Court of Appeals is crazy. 
crazy. The Minnesota pollution control is is, is crazy. Um, American experiment, Isaac Orr, um, he's one of the policy fellows over there, has been doing a really good job pointing out... <clears throat> This is great. And if I haven't put, if I haven't put this up on Facebook, I will. Otherwise, you can go to the, um, American Experiment website and look for Isaac's, Isaac Orr stuff on this. Um, Isaac Orr pointed out that stopping the farm expansion entirely would result in an unmeasurable global temperature reduction of, are you ready for this? Point zero, 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 five degrees by 2100 so it's worthless it is absolutely worthless and those were those were the climate models used by the epa during the obama administration so that isn't just some right-wing radio talk show host or some right-wing writer for the policy fellow from the american experiment um in the idea that denying these permits for dairy expansions in Minnesota is a pointless solution for climate change. So, folks, we're going to have to get some better lawyers on our side. We're going to have to elect some better legislators so that we can make a difference, not only in the Minnesota Court of Appeals, but also in the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency. Uh, or had a good write-up on and on, on why. Uh, why this was a bad idea and a dumb idea. And I'm also kind of mad at Cub because Cub came out saying the priority of their customers, uh, the top priority of their customers is the safety and well-being of their customers. They asked us not to open carry in their store. Well, I don't open carry in Cub. I shop in Cub a lot, um, but I do carry. And you know what, Cub, you're going to be Dang thankful that I am carrying if something bad happens in there. So shame on you, Cub, for caving to the gun grabbers. It just absolutely uh, infuriates me. Just absolutely infuriates me. Okay, so the 2019 um, Minnesota student survey results were released. And I think this is really important. Um, the In... Um, every year the kids take this test. So it's called the Minnesota Student Survey. It's been going on since 1989. And this year the results came out and they said, uh, fewer students feel engaged in school. Fewer students believe their school provides a supportive place for learning, report good health, or feel safe. The new data shows more Minnesota students than ever report having long-term mental health problems, behavioral or emotional problems. This number is up from 18% of the students surveyed in 2016 to 23% in 2019. 11th grade female students who report having long-term mental health, behavior, or emotional problems more than doubled from 2013 to 2019. Um, the Minnesota, Minnesota's Education Commissioner, Mary Catherine Ricker, said our students are talking and we have to listen to them. First of all, let's get one thing straight about this survey. Stan nailed it when we were talking about what we were going to talk about on the show today. And I said we were going to talk about the Minnesota student survey. And he said, how honest do you, well, and I had him print off the 72 page report for me. He said, how many people, how many of these, do you, do you believe these students? Do you think the students are honest? And I have to say, I know for a fact that students lie. 
but there's a certain amount of truth in them and and when you look at when you look at some of the questions they ask it's becoming more and more and more intrusive with each and every year and in 2016 Thanks, Mark Dayton. In 2016, it really changed. Uh, it really changed again. And then the probably the most incredible part of this is they use this survey. Uh, they use this survey to push policies forward. Like this came out on October 17th, and already Democrats are pushing for more counselors in school, more nurses in school, more psychiatrists in school, more full service community schools. Uh, more funding, all ideas that aren't going to solve the problems that we're seeing of some that we're seeing uh, of the questions, uh, the answers that the students um, that the students reported in this survey. Uh, the good news is 65 percent of the Minnesota students reported excellent or in, or that they were in very good health. Unfortunately, that's down from 1969. They talk about how one in four Minnesota 11th graders reported using an e-cigarette in the past day or in the past. I'm sorry, 30 days. So that's a huge increase. Go figure. Look at they're not all dead. I mean, if you looked at some of the bans that they're putting in place, you got one in four 11th graders that say they've they've tried it. Uh, you can be sure you can be sure we're going to see legislation on that, too. Uh, they talk about the mental, emotional and behavioral health of our students and how apparently it's extremely fragile. Some extremely um, troubling numbers turned up with that. And female students were twice as likely as male students to uh, to report issues. Um, the uh, the numbers for suicide uh, very, very, very troubling. 20% of the 11th grade students reported seriously considering suicide at some point in their life compared to 24%, uh, 24% in 2019. Uh, they talked about do they feel safe at home, at school, in their neighborhood from going to school. They talked about, they asked about bullying. They talked about do people feel engaged at school? Do they feel supported in school and now i'm going to remind you again um the waltz administration is going to push forward uh with trying to get 1.2 million dollars for more school-linked mental health grants oh my gosh i cannot tell you guys how bad that is i cannot tell you what a bad that idea that is to have your kid labeled in school and to have the school involved with your child's now i'm not i'm not saying the school uh, shouldn't have any role at all, but you're the parent, you're in charge of this, and the idea that the role of your school and the funding that goes with it, um, these community service schools include everything from dance class to a dentist's office to a doctor's office to a, I mean, you name it, and, and it's, and it's, and it's in there. And to, to tie the school with mental health services, it, it, it's an accident waiting to happen. And just who do you think the kids are that are going to be labeled with those mental health issues? Who do you, of course they are. It's the people, it's the children of color. Of course they are. 
Uh, and it's not the school's job to identify serious mental health needs. It's the parent's job, but they can work in junction with the school. This is just so very troubling. I don't, I don't, I'm not troubled by some of the questions, you know, talking about bullying or out of school activities. If you eat healthy, you know, those kinds of things, you're, you're used to it. But the idea that the state agencies put so much focus on this and then it's used for policy, uh, it, it it really troubles me. And I think in 2016, thanks, Mark Dayton, they have really crossed over to ask some very intrusive personal questions that are simply put none of the school district's business. Um, like, like it's inter- Now, remember, these have been asked since 1989. So since 1989, they have been um, asking, um, do, you know, do you plan to go to college? Have you skipped school in the last month? Um, how much TV do you watch? Do you feel safe in school? Um, have you carried a weapon at school or out, outside of school? Um, they talk about, uh, has a family member touched you sexually? That question's been in there for at least 20 years. Uh, they ask questions about stress and sadness or mad or nervous or hopeless or are they going to hurt themselves? Um, they talk about gambling. They talk about drinking. They talk about tobacco and exercise and pop and sex and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? They also ask questions like, does a parent or an adult in your home regularly swear at you, insult you, or put you down? Uh, how much do you feel your parents care about you? Are you transgender, gender queer, or gender fluid? And we have to have a, a, a discussion, a real honest discussion, um, about the, about the questions, the government data collectors and the parts and the, and the schools that participate in it are, are, we have to have a serious discussion about that. If, if I had kids now, I'd tell them to opt out. I'd, I'd tell them to opt out. Uh, but I will remind you again, they focus, they, they focus on this and on this survey and on this results. Uh, but at the same time, you've got 30% of the African American students who perform at grade level. I mean, it's appalling people. It's absolutely appalling. You got 37% of the low income students of all races who are proficient in math and reading compared to 68% of the high income peers. That's, that's outrageous. It's outrageous, and it just absolutely shouldn't be happening. I'll spend a little more time reading the 72-page uh, Minnesota Survey Statewide Table because that looks like fun reading. Uh, but I just think it's really interesting that uh, really interesting that uh, that uh, the questions that they answer. And yes, just as I mean, Stan and I picked out a couple of the questions, and we we said that seems reasonable. It seems reasonable that, you know, one person would feel that way and one person would feel that way and 87% of the people would feel that way. Um, so there's got to be some truth to it, uh, but is it enough to make policy? And like I said, the Democrats are already pushing for more money, uh, more involvement into your life, more involvement into raising your children, more intrusive data collection on your children. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Okay. When we come back, I, yeah, cause I did a really bad time, bad job with time management. So we'll just talk a teeny little bit about gender pronouns because we're seeing more and more and more of that. Uh, but we won't get into, um, 
had some really great stories. So we're gonna we're gonna save that. I'm gonna save that, and and we'll talk about those uh, in a couple weeks when we come back. Still, lots more coming, everyone. Stay tuned. Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130. Twin Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for for listening. I really appreciate it. So we have Air Canada. Air Canada came out and said they're going to swap out ladies and gentlemen in their announcements with hello, everyone, ensuring announcements are gender neutral. This is a big win for gender identity, diversity, and inclusion. I'll tell you what, people, it's crazy. So I want you to think back to last weekend when uh, when I was talking about the Trump uh, the Trump rally. And I told you about Jamie Becker Finn and how the Jamie Becker Finn, she is a sitting member of the Minnesota legislature. She represents, I don't know, Shoreview, Roseville, some, something over, over that way. She had the audacity to tweet out sitting Republican members of the Minnesota House of Representatives joined forces with white supremacists at rally attacking Congressman Ilhan Omar and our Somalia friends and neighbors yesterday. A sad day for the Minnesota legislature. Yeah, well, it's a sad day that Jamie Becker Finn is a representative in our Minnesota legislature. It is a sad day that a representative of the state of Minnesota gets away with calling people who go to the Trump rally white supremacists. Okay, it's it's outrageous. It's absolutely outrageous. I'm still mad about it. And in fact, I was so mad about it. I was going to send her an email or a phone call, but I needed to calm down about it first. Now that I have two weeks off, I'll definitely be able to do it. So last week was International Pronoun Day on Wednesday, International Pronoun Day. And in Britain, not in the United States of America, but in Britain, the a, a British police chief warned people against misgendering others and said it can be used as a form of abuse. So we're starting to see this big push. Uh, like I said, Wednesday was International Pronouns Day. Uh, we had somebody who went to a Walgreens clinic to check in, um, and I saw this on social media. I saw this on a couple other talk radio shows um, out of Wisconsin. Vicki McKenna, you people in Wisconsin, um, I think. Maybe it, was, maybe it was chicks on the right. Hmm. Well, you know what? One of my heroes. Um, I'll see if I put that up on Facebook, too. Anyway, at this Walgreens clinic check-in, it asked for preferred pronouns. And the preferred pronouns were, uh, the first line was she, her, hers. So that would be me. The next one was he, him, his. That would be Stan. After that, it's they, them, theirs. After that, it's co and co's. N and N's. I am Ear, v, viz, ver. I don't even know what those things are. 
So according to Facebook, there's a list of 58 gender options for Facebook users. And now we have what's called a SOGI. So that's what the Walgreens thing was. A SOGI is an acronym that stands for Sexual Orientation, Gender Identity, and Gender Expression. So people really... um, the other side says, if you complain about this soji, uh, it's your privilege poking out. So you should tuck that privilege back in. Um, and, and then they remind us that, uh, they remind us that there was, this was developed to serve underserved communities receive proper health maintenance. You're welcome. Um, and oh my gosh, I can't begin to tell you how many people got offended because their pronoun wasn't on the list. So if you protest, you're a snowflake. And, and I, I really think it's time where we actually stop and think about it. Is it time to shut this down or is this a really a good thing? Because now, at least if you have a preferred pronoun, you'll get the appropriate medical care and they'll know that they're dealing with somebody who's thinking outside of the box. So, interesting. All right. We're out of here for two weeks. Stan, have a great time at the wedding. I know you're going to have a blast. Listen to Stan's show. He's up next. We're off next the week after that for Gophers. But we'll be back loaded for bear. Thanks, everyone. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, com. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.